In this episode of our award-winning podcast, we'll continue our discussion about monkeypox. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizient and Practicing Internist. Joining me is Dr. Martin Lucenti, Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at Vizient. Marty, glad to have you back on part two. You spoke about first having symptoms that are quite general for viruses, which the muscle aches, the headaches, fevers and chills, and then swelling of your glands, or what we call lymph nodes, yeah. particularly in your neck or other parts of the body, which is really atypical of a virus condition. Correct. Yeah. And then you start getting the rash. Yeah. But when exactly is someone contagious? Is it just when you start with the symptoms or when the rashes start going away? So there's a lot of research on this right now. CDC is actually working with some of the public health in Nigeria to really try to hone in on the contagious period, looking retrospectively. But the working hypothesis is that you are contagious from the onset of symptoms. There's no indication as of yet that you're contagious prior to symptomatology, all the way through to the crusting and re-epithelialization of those lesions. So as long as you're still crusting, you're still contagious. It's the healing of the skin surface on those lesions. It kind of defines the tail end of the contagious phase. That typically goes somewhere from five days after exposure, five to 13 days after exposure, and it goes up to about 21 days, three to four weeks. So I think it's okay, important to note, you get these general symptoms, and I think it's more important now than ever to emphasize to individuals that if you're not feeling well or you're having any of these symptoms, just don't go out and don't go to work. Yeah, and that's a lesson that started with the COVID pandemic. There was a belief that it was okay to go to work right. or go out in public when you're sick. Globally, you're ill-advised if you are feeling ill to be in a place that would create opportunities for transmitting whatever it is that is causing your illness, right? A lot of the measures that we're talking about are globally good advice. If you look at it, being rigorous around wearing masks, if you've got a cough, limiting exposure, if you're febrile, all of those things, washing your hands, cleaning surfaces, those are all really, really good endeavors from a number of different pathogen perspectives. Yeah, thanks for that. And just to emphasize, if you're just not feeling well, stay at home, use a mask, try to avoid intimate contact with people as a whole. And if you're going to be in an area where there's poor ventilation, you're on top of people, and especially if you see that they're coughing, probably avoiding that environment or at the very least wear a high purpose mask. And that's why if you look at this outbreak of monkeypox, the vast preponderance of this was close contact in an intimate context is predominantly with male sexual encounters with other males has been the preponderance, but that has not been the only, and there's been transmissions to family members. So there's clearly contact, close contact transmissions that have been of a non-intimate nature. And so a lot of this actually started at some concerts and parties that were going on first in Europe, then here in the U.S., So that's the predominance of how this virus has moved through the U.S. population. So we spoke about that if you were given the smallpox vaccine, that you have some protection towards this. But there is a vaccine available for monkeypox, no? There is. In response to the monkeypox outbreak, we've vaccinated almost 750,000 people to date. And the vaccine is being targeted at, number one, pre-exposure vaccination for folks that are working in labs that are doing laboratory testing, folks that are doing sampling. So people that are at high exposure levels as part of the healthcare provision. This doesn't require normal healthcare workers. These are folks that are working specifically in virology labs and stuff like that. Those folks are getting vaccinated. And then anybody that's been exposed, they're advising vaccination, post-exposure vaccination, ideally within the first four days of exposure. 
okay, but all the way out to two weeks post-exposure. And then what they're doing is also vaccinating high-risk folks in close contact to those that have had cases of monkeypox. And so that's who's being advised for vaccinations right now. The CDC is currently working with a manufacturer in Copenhagen who's delivering the first two and a half million vials of the vaccine. The CDC is also working with that manufacturer to get a partner organization, ideally a large pharma company in the U.S. to help deliver the next 2.5 million vaccines. I understand we're also going to spread things out in reference to dosing regimen, not only the frequency, but the dosing as well. Yeah. If you go back to the standard vaccinations, this new one is falls into the broad class. There's two different approaches to smallpox slash monkeypox vaccines. There is one that is essentially administered subdermally, which is called the ACAM 2000. That's the one that's most akin to the one, those of us that got it back in pre-1970. And what that does is it causes a local reaction. It scabs up and then heals, i.e. leaving the scar. This new one is actually a two-part injection that doesn't have the local reaction, doesn't have the scabbing, which is actually much safer for those that had gotten it back before 1970. And for those that still get the smallpox vaccine as part of disaster preparedness. So I'm in the National Guard. I get it every 10 years to make sure that I'm up to date should it be weaponized. The problem with that one is it's very, very easy to get some of that to actually spread it to yourself, get it on a towel, wipe it in your eye. So when we do it in my guard unit, we always give that vaccine when we're away in AT so that nobody gives it to their family members. And we do it while we're away on exercises. So this new one requires two injections. There's no scabbing. It's much safer. So it's certainly a much better approach, but it is a two-part series, 14 days apart. So more vaccines are on the way. For those individuals that can get the vaccine at this moment are namely men who have sex with other men with multiple sexual partners, sex workers, family members, or housemates of infected individuals, and healthcare professionals that are at highest risk for exposure. Yeah. And anybody that's been exposed, right? Correct. So thank you. Marty, any parting thoughts? This is just another opportunity to just sort of emphasize the importance of just the usual approaches to public health and to hygiene. And I know the CDC has come out with recommendations to minimize number of sexual partners in the immediate future, both male and female, because of the preponderance for intimate close connection transmission. But I think with good attention to those things, I think the risk for most Americans is relatively low at this point. Marty, thanks for joining us on these two episodes on the Monkeypox Outbreak. I'm glad you joined us to talk about it. And to our listeners, you can contact Marty at his email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast.com. We've posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.